to Matthew chapter number 13, and we'll read verse number 15 of Matthew chapter number 13. Uh, this is going to be something that we're going to kind of relate it to healing, but yet I think the way that God wants us to hear it is apply it to every area of life. Um, because of the way God brought us up and started us in the ministry, in the healing school at Kenneth Hagin Ministries there, Rama Bible Training Center, um, there's some things that God started talking to me about along this line concerning healing. And I'm drawing from those things that, that he's spoken to us in the past. But it'll apply to every area of life. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter number 13, verse number 15. Uh, it says, this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Look at that verse about healing. There's a verse referring to the, the uh, blessing of healing that we know so much, uh, we've talked so much about and it applies to all of our lives. I'm, I'm talking about we're redeemed not just from sickness and disease, but we're redeemed, I mean, excuse me, not just from sin, but from sickness and disease. Amen. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. And that's enumerated in the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy and includes sickness and disease. It also includes poverty. Galatians 3.13 says Christ has redeemed us from that curse of the law. I'm redeemed from sickness. I'm redeemed from poverty. Hallelujah. Somebody said, why don't you live, live you know, in a, in a low standard? Because I don't believe in it. I just don't believe in it. Amen. You got to get to that place. You just don't believe in it. So, but uh, Christ has redeemed us from sickness and disease. But um, I've learned this in healing school days. The Lord would would talk to me about some of these things. And uh, if you study the ministry of Jesus, I'm talking about the earthly ministry of Jesus. How many of you know he still has an earthly ministry today, but it's just not through him being here in a flesh and bone body. It's through his church. Amen. Jesus is still going about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Yeah. That if you read the uh, first few uh, chapters of the book of Acts, in fact, the first few verses, it'll talk about because uh, God used Luke, the human man, the human person that God used to write by the Holy Spirit. We understand the scriptures are inspired by the Holy Spirit. He used Luke to do that by the Holy Spirit to write the book of Luke and also the book of Acts. And Luke gave record of what Jesus did. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed. He went about teaching, preaching, and healing, and so forth. And then it comes to the book of Acts, and he says, that which Jesus began to both do and teach. The former treatise, Have I Made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. And then he continues writing the book of Acts, meaning this is what he continues to do. I wrote Luke to tell you what he got started, but here's what he continues to do. And the same things that were happening through Jesus' earthly ministry were happening through the apostles and different disciples and different things. And that book of Acts is still being written today. Amen. We're on chapter 223. I mean, it's 2023. Excuse me. I messed that up. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's still working things in the earth today. He's still, he's still, he's still got his good old time power. Yes, amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, yes, sir. 
But um, you see Jesus' ministry when he walked the earth. You see him ministering to people. And there there are categories that, like, let's just take the ministry of healing, for example. There are categories that his ministry would fall into of different ways he would minister healing. But yet, there are many different ways. He would lay hands on the sick. He would uh, give them his word uh, and say, go your way, your son liveth. Never laid hands on him, never prayed for him. Just gave him the word to believe. Amen. He would at times uh, put, like one time he put mud in a man's eyes, told him to go wash it out, right? One time he walked up to a man at the pool of Bethesda and said, take up your bed and walk. You know, gave him a command. In other words, spoke to him and told him something to do. And when he did that, the healing came. Yes, sir. And you can see the, uh, you can see him, uh, like in Peter's mother-in-law's case, you can see him, he re- the Bible said he stood over him and rebuked the fever. Uh, and so you see different ways he ministered at different times. And when you see that, you kind of get the idea that there's different methods of divine healing. You understand that? Different methods. In other words, it's all God's power working and it's all, it's all God doing it. Uh, but there's different methods or different ways that he does it. Am I still making any sense? So with that in mind and looking at uh, that truth, in the, I know in healing school the Lord began to teach me that the, that, that the way that people receive healing or as the minister, the way that God will lead you to minister. Y'all still with me? Because there's the ministry side and then there's the, the, the one receiving side. So we learned that the reason, or let's put it this way, the way God would do things oftentimes was determined by the reason they were sick. Now, you might, you might not quite for sure know what I'm talking about at first, but as we go, you'll see. And the method determines, excuse me, the, the reason determines the method. Amen. It determines the way this healing power is going to flow. Like, for example, there are times that, uh, that uh, there, were, there were times that people were healed and then Jesus said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come on you. In other words, they were sick because of that sin. Now, that's not true about every, every person that's sick. Can't be true because James 5 says, is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. And he's sick among you, talking about the body of Christ. And he's sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anoint him with all the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith to save the sick. And if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. He's saying not everyone that's sick has committed sins. Right, yes, sir. If means they may not have. Amen. So we're not just to assume everybody that's sick is sick because of their sin. That's, that's not scriptural. That, but it, there is a truth, though, that someone can be sick because of their sin. But it would be wrong to say that everybody's sick is because, is because they've sinned. Amen. You understand what I'm talking about. In other words, that sickness is not always because of their, their sin personally. It's always because of Adam's sin. You know what I mean? Sickness got into the earth through Adam. But yet, not necessarily because of that individual's sin who is sick. Does that make any sense? All sickness is because of sin in the sense of Adam's sin. In other words, when Adam sinned, he came short of the glory of God and we, our bodies g- 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 fell into a fallen condition. 
It's not in a glorified state right now. And it's mortal, which means subject to death. And so thank God we have the power of the Holy Ghost and the ministry of divine healing and, and the word of God to keep us healthy and receive healing whenever our bodies want to break down so that we can finish our course and run our race and get the job done and then go on without sickness or disease. Amen. And that's a whole nother teaching. But, but my point is that there are different ways that God ministers to healing to the sick. And the, the reason the person is sick sometimes determines the method God uses in order to get them healed. Amen. But in the healing school, Brother Hagin had a vision to minister to the sick. We were part of it there for years. And in that, in that uh, ministry, they made it clear to us the vision was, number one, to minister to the sick, minister healing to the sick. But number two, it was to raise up divine healing technicians. Now, you might say, what is a divine healing technician? Well, it's, it's a, a, a play on the fact that there are uh, doctors and technicians in the medical field who, who treat the sick. But what he's talking about, Brother Hagin's talking about divine healing technicians. They're not, they're not uh, doing like the doctors using medicine. We're not opposed to medicine. I'm just simply saying divine healing is not the healing through the medicine. Thank God for medicine if you need it. Take it to live another day and serve Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? But, but there is something better. There is divine healing. And don't confuse them. You know, somebody said, well, the way God, you know, the gifts of healings are, are today are the medical field and all that they've learned in the medical field. Well, if that's true, then, they, then they're wrong for charging for it. No, see, that's not true. The medical field is not gifts of healings. We have to say things like that because people get, they get real funny in their thinking. But, but no, this is healing by divine power. We're talking about healing free of charge. Nobody's paying, paying for it. Amen. 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 So what we, what we see is there's, there's many methods. And Brother Hagin talked about this. He talked about raising up divine healing technicians in healing school. Well, we're there in healing school. And we, 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 we heard the vision he had for that. So we're like, okay, what is a divine healing technician? And how do we function in that? And how do we operate in that? And Brother Hagin would go on and he would say, a divine healing technician, like a technician in the natural, only different in some ways, he would diagnose and prescribe just like a, a medical doctor, you go to the doctor, he'd say, well, you got this and this, and here's, here's the prescription for it. Well, a divine healing technician does the same thing, but he does it or she does it not through uh, medical learning, but they do it, they're diagnosing and prescribing by the Holy Ghost. Yes. What's the Spirit of God saying about how he wants to minister to this person? You understand? Amen. I said amen. amen. You have to amen for some other people that are down in Kansas City this morning. <laughs> I'm talking about getting the mind of God for the specifics of each individual case and then following the Holy Ghost in that leading. Whatever he specifically puts his finger on in that particular case. Amen. Generally, healing is for all. It's been purchased and it's provided for every one of us. But the road into that is going to be different in every person's case. Now, let's say right here is where the healing is. 
where we are in, in, in relation to that healing determines the road we take to get there. Does that make any sense? Like if, for example, no, not everybody's in disobedience that's, that's sick, but, you, but, but for example, this is one we could all understand readily, so I'll use it. Uh, like, for example, if a man is in disobedience to the plan of God, he might not be able to take the road called Mark 11, 23, and 24. He's going to have to take a road that has to do with getting back into obedience. Does that make any sense? That's just one illustration of the point that I'm endeavoring to make. I remember one time there was a lady and uh, she came for, because we took people, if, if people came for a week or so, sometimes people came longer, but we would, we would kind of monitor their progress through the week. And if we were seeing that they needed more help, we would take them one and one and pray with them if they were open to it and uh, just see what the Holy Ghost was saying. Because really, uh, one of the, one of the uh, leaders there at the healing school said, uh, I'm, I'm really desiring to see more people healed. And so he said, I'm going to go to Brother Hagin and talk to Brother Hagin about what we need to do to see more people healed. So he went to Brother Hagin and Brother Hagin said, and this is longer, longer than I have time to get into. But concerning healing school, Brother Hagin said, well, he said, number one, you got to realize, he said, the vision for healing school is just, just, uh, just that. It's a school. It's not necessarily a healing rally. Yeah. The vision is to teach people their redemptive rights yes. and, and get them into faith to receive that yeah. based on the, yes. the, the word of God. And of course, laying on of hands is a part of that. It's a point of contact. There is, there is also a transfer of God's healing power and so forth. But, but he said, number one, that, but he said, number two, he said, you have to realize that if you want to get more results, he said, you have to learn to minister all the different ways God ministers divine healing. Well, we took that and we started looking at the different ways and started uh, seeking to get to know. And one of them is James 5, 14 and 15. Saying, sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church, let them pray over them, name of the Lord, name of the Lord, pray of faith, save the sick, Lord, raise them up. That's, laying, that's anointing with oil and that's the prayer of yes, faith. Amen. And then he says, uh, and pray you one for another that you may be healed. Then he said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, King James says, availeth much, makes tremendous power available in the Amplified. And so we saw there that there's two kinds of prayer. We saw there's two kinds of prayer. There's a prayer of faith mentioned in verse 14, James 5, 14. And the prayer of faith, save the sick or heal the sick. And then there's the uh, verse number 15 and 16. There's the, uh, there's the, a different kind of prayer. It's, it's the word for supplication. It's saying it's prayer, but it's not the prayer of faith. And that's praying to get the, the mind of God about which direction to go here. What is needed in this particular situation? Well, we would do that from time to time. And I remember one lady that she was make, not making any progress. And I remember we got her into this, this, this place where we, we could, uh, had a couple people in there. We were just praying with her. We were not praying the prayer of faith. We were praying just seeking God what he would have to say specifically about this case. You understand? Because sometimes there's specific things that have to be addressed. And I kept getting it up in my spirit, something about... Something about uh, the, 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 uh, the uh, 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 I guess you say, because sometimes the word of knowledge is just, a, it's just that, it's just a word. You don't have the whole piece of information. Sometimes there's more revelation, you know more. But sometimes it's just a word. And I had something about this, that there was something that she was in uh, offense to, with somebody about something. And, uh, and uh, so, you know, and whenever that comes to your spirit, 
you know, you, don't, you never want to, the natural fleshly part of your being doesn't want to say anything to somebody. You want to just keep on praying. Except the more we prayed, the less the anointing was there. Because we didn't respond to the Holy Ghost here. So finally, whenever we kind of sputtered to an end because the anointing was lifting. Y'all got to understand the way these things work. We, we got, and I said, well, I got to obey that. I know the anointing's lifting because I'm not obeying. So I had to talk to her. I said something to her about it. And uh, she acknowledged it. She acknowledged who it was and which person. It was a, it was a family member and so forth and, and so forth and so on. And, and we were talking to her about, well, the Lord, uh, you know, we're not trying to condemn you for it. The Lord's just putting his finger on it because you're here to receive healing. And uh, he brought this up. We didn't bring it up. He brought it up. So this must be an issue with him. Amen. In other words, how many of you know God's trying to help her? But yet right on the other hand, we can't help her by ignoring what the Holy Ghost is pointing out. So, and she acknowledged it and so forth. And, and uh, we said, well, uh, you know, you have to address that, get that right. It's basically the love walk. How many of you know faith works by love? Galatians 5, 6. Yes. It's one of the best things. It's one of the most important things to watch out for as you walk by faith. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. One of the most, Brother Hagin said, I watch over my love walk more than I watch over my confession of faith. Amen. If I said, that's the first area I look at, right. that I check up on when it comes to my, uh, if, I, if I'm attacked in my body. Yeah. And so this, the Lord brought that up. Why would that be the first place to look? Because that is the great commandment. Jesus said in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. The love walk is the New Testament commandment. Well, what about not killing, not stealing, not, well, if you do, if you walk in love, you won't kill somebody, you won't steal from them. And Romans chapter number 13 says that, that walking in love fulfills all the 10 commandments. Amen. Oh, so the love walk's a big issue. Well, the Lord brought that up with this dear sister. And, uh, and she sort of acknowledged it and sort of said, yeah, and cried a little bit about it. But, um, uh, but uh, you know, uh, from then on, we, we were continuing. We wanted to continue to spend some time in prayer with her. But she started backpedaling, making excuses and said, well, I can't come today. And I can't. Because really, she was closing her heart off. You understand, it wasn't anything personal. is really that she didn't really want to address this situation. Well, somebody said, what happened? She didn't receive. She, she, she died. You understand what I'm talking about? But yet God was trying to get her into what was hers. How many of you know the Lord is good? He's always going to try to help us. But we have to respond. I said, we have to respond. And so we have to understand this when it comes to divine healing, that um, it's not enough for God to deal with a man about a change. He needs to, that, that a change he needs to make, that, that man has to respond to that dealing of the Spirit. Isn't that right? Responding, get the hold of this, responding is part of receiving. Hallelujah. If a man just stands there unresponsive to what God is saying, there'll be no receiving. I mean, you can go through all the emotions. You can, you can make your confession. You can shout and run around the church. But what's he really dealing with your spirit about? 
That's what this verse is talking about in Matthew 13, 15. He said, my, my people, they, they, don't, they don't hear what I'm really saying. They don't really see what I'm, what I'm saying. They don't really understand it in their hearts. And therefore, they don't, they're not converted. Converted needs to make a change, go a different direction. And then he said the result of that would be, the, would be healing. Yes, sir. See, healing's not always spelled H-E-A-L-I-N-G. Sometimes it's spelled make a change. Sometimes it's spelled respond to what the Holy Ghost is saying to your spirit. And uh, some of these things sometimes are, uh, they, they address, the, the, I've learned the Lord puts his finger right on things sometimes. Right, I mean, he doesn't, uh, he, the Bible calls the Holy Ghost the spirit of truth. And that's what it is, he's squeaky clean truth. If he's dealing with you about something, don't go, well, I mean, why would God talk to me about that? I mean, so-and-so's doing that, and they're getting away with it. This is not between you and so-so. So-and-so's not the healer. Jesus is your healer. It's between you and Jesus and your own conscience. And what somebody else has, is doing or gets, seemingly gets away with has no bearing on your situation. Go ahead and say amen. We might start preaching actually this morning. So um, it's not enough that God deals with us. We've got to respond to, uh, to how he keeps uh, dealing with us. Because, because responding to these things keeps our faith moving forward. Amen. It's how you continue to progress in a walk of faith. You know what I mean by a walk of faith? I'm talking about you're, you're walking by faith from uh, where you are to your need being met. It's how you responding to the Holy Ghost is how you keep progressing in a walk of faith. See, people get stuck in faith. You know what I mean by that? Uh, because God deals with them about something, but they didn't respond to those dealings. Then they wonder why nothing is progressing. Too often in times like that, people think, well, I just got to, just got to, just got to persevere through this. Nothing's happening. I just got to persevere through this. When actually, they're no longer in faith in that stubbornness. They're in unresponsiveness to something the Holy Ghost said. Amen. Yeah, so really, that stubbornness, that, that, really, faith works. Yes. Yes, Say it out loud. Faith, faith, works. Works. faith works. But we have to not, not take moving, or let's say it this way, separating faith from being led by the Spirit when it comes to these things. I, this is so big on the inside of me that, that we need to get the revelation that faith works. Faith always works. Always works. Always, always, always. There is available to us perfect, not just even healing, but divine health. Can I go ahead and share, just shuck the corn a little bit? Here in Iowa, we know what shuck the corn means. Praise God. The more you practice making these changes in the light of what the Spirit of God deals with your heart about, the closer you can walk to the highest flow God has for you. That is not just healing, but living in divine health. Oh, my, 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 my. 
Divine health is not the result of having a covenant because you're a Christian. It's the result of being a disciple. Moving from being a Christian to a disciple. Remember he said in John 8, 32, you, you'll know the truth. If you continue in my word, you'll know the truth and truth will make you free. As you continue walking in the light of the word, making changes, adjusting the way you think, the way you act, the way you treat people, the way you make your decisions. Humbling yourself before the dealings of the Spirit. Humbling yourself before the Word of God. Humbling yourself to, be, to, to, to walk in the light of what He's saying to you. The more we do that, the closer we'll be to the best God has for us. Hallelujah. That is good preaching right there. You see, and this is where a local church comes in. We see, and we, we, we love the people, don't misunderstand me, but we see people sometimes come to special meetings from the community, but they don't want to continue in that word the rest of the year. They will never have God's best. They want to they be outside of that kind of teaching or that kind of flow for the most part. They just want to come and get one need met and then go back and live the way they were living. I'm just telling you, you will never have God's best that way. Amen. The highest flow God has for a believer is not just a special meeting, but it's coming regularly to a local church and getting their minds renewed. Getting their minds renewed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so um, I know that uh, I remember a statement that God made to me a number of years ago. Uh, quite a number of years ago, after spending years, really decades, of, of getting the Word of God inside of me. I'm talking about uh, intense, getting the Word of God on the inside of me. Understanding how to walk by faith, and uh, so forth and so on, the principles of faith. I know he said to me, he said, mix your relationship with me in the Spirit now with your life of faith. Now, I knew what that meant. Yeah. I meant, now that you have gotten all these truths from the scriptures into your heart, and you understand so many of these things. Now, I don't understand everything. You understand. But I got enough to get to this place where he's saying to do this. He said, he's basically saying, now that you have done that, he's saying, now, just take these, uh, just... uh, Really, take these things that I have taught you, and in every one of these things that you're walking by faith by, uh, let the Spirit of God take of the things that you have learned that are applicable to the situation you're in in this walk of faith. And let him deal with you about them and apply them in every situation by the Spirit to this walk of faith. Am I making any sense? And guide you into how to apply them so that you can always be successful in every walk of faith. Does that make any, did I I communicate that? In other words, it's like you're gathering these different things about the way God works. You know, Israel knew, the Bible said in Psalms, what is it, 103 or 107, I don't have it in front of me. But Israel knew his acts, but Moses knew his ways. You get to know his ways through his word. And as you begin to begin to know God and know the ways he works and the ways he doesn't work and the things he can't work with, like pride, 
Pride is blah, blah, blah whenever he's talking to your heart. Come on. Come on, you're helping. Once you learn the different ways of God, we're always learning. But, but you can get to the place you have enough to live a successful life. Completely victorious in every area of life. It, once you've learned that, then let the Holy Ghost take of those things and, and in each walk of faith, bring up a certain, one of, one, a certain aspect of those things you've learned to apply it to this situation right now. And you know what? And you do that by the Spirit, not, not mentally. Listen, you hearing me? Not mentally say, well, I remember, I think, you know. No, what is the Holy Ghost reminding you of? Remember, he said, I'll bring all these things to your remembrance. So what's the Holy Ghost reminding you of? I mean, when I'm walking by, like, like just take the aircraft, for example. The Lord has been so faithful to remind me of this, remind me of that, remind me of the other. And remind me of the seeds we've sown and remind, and just, he just keeps on. And I'm like, I am so thrilled about this right now. And it's progressing. Praise the Lord. But see, every walk of faith, that I'm just drawing from years of walking with God and the things he's taught me in his word. Services I've been in, uh, people I've listened to, and, 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 and all the Bible school I went to and all those things. I'm drawing from all of that and being reminded by the Holy Ghost. Remember this? I'm like, ah, that applies right here. And it keeps me from getting stuck. It keeps, it keeps my faith life progressing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise God. So what he was saying was, since I got the word in me, just let him draw those particular truths out of my spirit that are applicable to where I am right now. And, uh, and uh, also he was telling me that I had also learned to follow the spirit in my faith life and draw upon that. Don't just apply faith mentally. You can, you can know Bible truths and apply them mentally and they'll work no better than if you had no faith at all. Like, a, like the lady that I was talking about who was not walking in love with a relative. She's gone through all the motions making confessions of faith and getting worse. Faith works. Say it out loud again. Faith works. Faith works. Yeah. Don't, don't get the idea. I just don't know. Sometimes it doesn't work. Faith always works. Always. Always. It has to work. It's built on the unchanging, unfailing word of God. Hallelujah. And so don't apply these truths mentally or mechanically, but by the leading of the spirit. And you'll have victory every single time. Are you listening to me? I'm talking about things that I've learned after years of experience walking with God. I'm giving you some wisdom out of years of walking by faith and getting needs met. Amen. At about the same time, the Spirit of God, I remember one time just out of the blue one day, uh, he, he spoke to me, it seemingly was out of the blue, but yet it wasn't. He spoke to me and he said, now, as if, as if because of what you've been doing for the last number of years. Now, he said, You've got the word of God in you. He said, the end of your life will be different than it was going to be. Amen. Somebody say, what does that mean? I don't need to know what that means. I just need, I just need to know it's going to be different. It's, and guess what? It's going to be better different. Hallelujah. Can you say amen to that? Amen. 
And so he said, now the, the rest of your life is going to be different. I mean, excuse me, the end of your life uh, is going to be different than it was going to be. Well, I don't believe he was just talking about because I got the word in me concerning my needs. But he was talking to me about the word, about learning to follow the spirit as to apply the word by the spirit to every need. Have you noticed that the Holy Ghost will highlight a particular truth or a particular verse in every walk of faith? I got four witnesses over here. Anybody over here? Yeah. See, we're talking about using your faith within the context of the fellowship you have with God. Not just mechanically out of your head, applying spiritual truths mentally. They don't work out of your head. They work out of your heart. Praise God. Sometimes these leadings are not going to be the way you wanted to go, but they are going to be the way he led you to go. Amen. And so um, if you are going to get into what God has for you, you're going to do it by going the way he leads. And sometimes uh, the, the enemy will help you with this, but just the natural mind apart from God will, will be able to do this without the enemy. Sometimes the, the adjustment or the change he deals with us to make seems to be in an area that is in no way connected to my need over here. And when God deals with us about it, we're like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what that's all about. Over here, Lord, I'm talking to you about it over here. Not realizing that that's connected to this. I don't know if you've ever been to a chiropractor or not, but sometimes, you know, you go in there and you say, man, my, my wrist has been hurting me. And so he goes, lay down and he, he starts popping your neck and you're going, wait, what? no, no, I'm talking about this. And he said, no, we got it fixed. I'm saying, well, okay, what about this? He said, it was up here, not down there. There was a nerve coming out of here going down there that was inflamed up here and, and, and you know, and it all started fading away down here. I wouldn't have thought that this was, well, I, I, I guess, you know, in one way I, I knew that it's connected, but yet in the other way I thought down here's what needs help. Down here's what needs help. And that's the way these things are sometimes. When you go home, I don't know which direction your house is. Let's say it's south down in Iowa City area or Coralville or something. But you're going to, first of all, get on, get on roads going different directions. Yeah. That's to get on a highway going south. Yes. You yes. might go 30 west. Yes. Get, get a couple streets and get yes. 30 west. See, you're, that's the way the leadings of the Spirit are. It looks like, God, I don't know why you're taking me this way. I don't know why you're talking to me about this. But it's connected. Can you say amen? amen? And we've got to learn to flow with God in those things that we in our mind don't think are connected. Right. Praise the Lord. Praise Just agree with God. Amen. Just flow with him. And before you know it, you'll be right into the, the supply that you, that you were believing God for. <clears throat> Hallelujah. When God addresses with you on something, don't argue with him. You remember the Syrophoenician woman? She said, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. And Jesus said, and she was coming for, for deliverance. And Jesus said, it's not meat to cast the children's bread to the dogs. Yeah. Well, she, uh, that could have been offensive. Yeah. Dog? Yeah, right. Who are you calling a dog? Yeah. Yeah. You, you talking to me, preacher? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You Jews think we're dogs, huh? Uh, 
well, let me tell you about some Jews I know. I can tell you about some dogs. She could have got all offended, argued, gotten mad, said her piece, stomped out, without. Without. Come on. Come on, somebody. But she didn't. She didn't say, she didn't say, you know, she didn't argue. She said, truth, Lord. In other words, he was not, see, is he good? Yes. Is he always good? Yes. If he said dog, is he being good to her? Yes. Not, you're a little slower on that. <laughs> he wasn't condemning her. He was just pointing, if you understand the, the Syrophoenician lifestyle, yeah. Yeah. I won't even say it. We got children in here. Yeah. Their yeah. worship was big, big yes. party, yes. immoral party. Yeah. Dogs. Just living like dogs. Amen. Now, he's not trying to be condemning. He's trying to, he's bringing truth to her that, that you don't get devils unless you live that way. So he was not just wanting to deliver her from that demonic, which he did. He delivered her from that, the girl from the demonic power. But he was wanting to keep... He was wanting her to close the door so that it won't come back and have access to get back in. That is being good. Amen. So when God puts his finger on something, don't argue with him. Don't fuss with him. Hallelujah. Now, um, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.18... Uh, we're changed into his image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Everybody say changed. changed. Does, does, is change a scriptural thing for believers? Yes. Yes. Huh? Yes. Of course it is because yes. Romans 12 verse 1 and 2, verse 2 especially, be not conformed to this world, be transformed. By the renewing of your mind, you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Good, acceptable, perfect. That's a progression. As we're transformed at, through, through the renewing of our mind, through, as our thinking is, if you look up the word ch- transformed, it includes change. Transformation is the flow of the believer. And it includes changing our thinking, changing our actions, changing what we uh, the way we treat people. How about the love walk, for example? If God says, I didn't like the way, I'll tell you a story on me. I don't want to tell stories on you. I'll tell you a story on me. I think maybe I've told this story before, but it'll, it'll bear repeating. Now, I've had the Lord deal with me about this about three times. I know you've always got it the first time, but I was preaching in healing school. This was, uh, Way back, probably, probably around 1990 or something like that. 91 or 92, somewhere in there. <clears throat> I was preaching and one day, I don't know what it was. I guess, I guess it was just an irritation of some kind. But uh, I got a little harsh with the people. And I came down on them in a condemning way about how long it was taking them to get it. <laughs> you know? And I, I got through the service. God never said anything to me. But after the service, some people were up there and talking to me and so forth. And, and I got this stirring in my spirit. I need, God, I need to pray. I need, God wants to talk to me. So I kind of 
quickly or as quick as I could, you know, finish the conversation. And I, I, there was a speaker's room in the back, like if this auditorium was where we were, you go through a hallway back there and then there's a speaker's room on the other side. <clears throat> and uh, so I knew where that was. And I said, I got I to gotta pray now. So I just made my way into there and locked, closed the door and locked it. Yeah. And when I did, the presence of God filled that room. And it was different than I had ever experienced before. <laughs> this wasn't, good job. <laughs> it, was, it was holy, and I could tell there was displeasure in it. And so I got down and knelt down by a chair. I said, Lord, Lord, what is it? And he started in, this is how he started his conversation with me. He said, I took it, this is about the tone of voice he said it. I took it personally the way you treated my people today. Or actually, the way you spoke to my people today. I realized what was coming. I ended up on the floor, plastered on the floor. I figured if I could get real low, I, I wouldn't get knocked low. Y'all still there? <laughs> and he said, and he, he kept talking to him. And then he said, how long did it take you to get it? I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, Jesus, have mercy. And I started repenting. I started tears streaming down my face. Now, you've never missed it like that. But I'm telling you, I've had to address that. Amen. And uh, that's scriptural because how many of you know he told Saul, King, his name was changed to Paul. Uh, Saul on the road to Damascus, he said, why persecutest thou me? He said, well, I never met you. He said, you've done it unto them. You've done it unto me. So Jesus said that to me. I took it personally the way you treated or, or spoke to my people today. Amen. Well, I got that right. How many of you know there's no use arguing with him? I mean, just, you're right, Lord. You're right. I was wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> well, just apply that to your marriage. You know, that's your, that's, your, that, that's your father's, if you're a husband, that's your father's daughter you're talking that way to. Well, that's, that didn't go over real big over here. I didn't. Wives, that's your father's son you're talking to. Have you ever noticed that it doesn't work for you? Let's take the Budak family. It doesn't work for the Budak family and my relationship if I treat them, Brennan and, and Kimberly, real well, but when it comes to the kids, I treat them real bad. That affects our relationship. I haven't treated them bad. But, but we don't even have to guess how our relationship would be if I was treating the, the, the girls bad. Right? That would affect our relationship with, with the mom and dad. Same thing with God. You ever thought about that? That's his son. That's his daughter you're treating that way. Amen. Treat your, his, his daughter bad or son bad, you're going to have trouble with your father. With, with their father. Yes. Well, praise the Lord. Not as much amens on that, but it's, it's true. But anyway, we're changed. First, 2 Corinthians 3, 18. We're changed from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The word glory, if you look it up, there's a couple different ways you can define this. But one way to translate glory is the ideal condition in which God created something to be. 
Adam sinned and lost the glory of God. He fell from the ideal condition. He fell from righteousness. He fell from fellowship with God. He fell from uh, 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 being in, created in, in the image of God. I mean, he's still a spirit being, but he's not, no longer righteous. There's a lot of things that God had intended be a certain way that they weren't that way anymore. And so we're changed from glory to glory. We go from one degree of things being the way things God intended them to be to another degree of things being the way God intended them to be. How? By this flow of transformation, changing, as as we see the light, changing and making adjustments. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's all good preaching anyhow. let's, Let's look at what changes we could make. Change the way we think. Change the way we make decisions. In other words, it's not good enough for Christians to just, just make plans and ask God to bless them. Plans have already been made for us. Remember Ephesians 3.10 in the Amplified? Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. There's paths that God has already prepared for our lives. Ahead of time. And that's where he goes on to say we live the good life. So us just making decisions or making plans out of our minds and thinking, well, let's, let's see, let's do this. That's not the way, scripturally, the way believers are to make plans. We're to find God's plan. Now, now if it's where you're going to eat tonight, that's, that's you know, I'm not talking about that. You understand what I'm talking about. Doesn't probably make a difference. Unless, unless the Lord wants to t- have you minister to somebody over here, he'll lead you over here. But, yeah. but otherwise, yeah. Yeah. where do you like? What do you like? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. With Pastor Debbie and I, I like seafood. She doesn't like seafood. Right. So what's God, what's God going to do here? He's going <laughs> to... Anyway, all right. Now, everybody say, uh, change the way we think. Change the way we make decisions. Um, Habits need to be changed. How about the habit of taking offense at everything? We've got to break that habit. How about the habit of worrying about things? Well, you know, we're just, we're just anxious about everything. The, the news is, you ever notice the news jumps from one crisis to the next crisis, the next, and if you're plugged into that, you're going to be worrying about everything, everything, everything all the time. I'm not saying it's wrong to know what's going on, but you just can't be, you can't be all worried about, you can't just live just filling yourself with that. You've got to fill yourself with the word. A thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Amen. How about changing the way that we treat people? Changing the way we speak to them with our mouth. I've had people say to me uh, about their, their way of handling people. They, they, would, they would bring up their ethnic heritage. Like one lady, she was this, well, I'm just Italian. You know, not just the way we are, you know, just, it's like, your, your Italian is not supposed to influence your Christian. Your Christian is supposed to influence your Italian. Culture is not above the new creation. Well, we'll just let that one right there. See, that's what he was dealing with me about in healing school that time. He said, I took it personally the way you talk to my people today. Amen. 
Well, so failing to receive these things as he uh, addresses us on them opens the door to our body getting in trouble or opens the door to sometimes mental torments of certain kinds, harassment and so forth. But if we learn to address these things and make these changes by the Spirit, we won't have to get somebody else to pray for us so often. I believe in laying on the hands. We lay hands on the sick here. But let's, let's go for the highest God has for us. Taking sickness away from the midst of us. Amen. Well, when it comes to these, these things about the way we treat other people, I've learned this. I'm not anointed to change other people. I'm anointed to address me. Husbands and wives. Listen to that because trying to change them is outside of where God has called you or anointed you. Amen. Really trying to change them will put you in a very dangerous position because it can get you out of love just like you think they are. Anywho. <laughs> Hallelujah. The help you need isn't always in somebody else's anointing at the church where, you know, there's, there's laying on of hands. So we believe in, I'm not preaching against laying on of hands. I'm just simply saying none of that will do anything if there's issues God's been addressing you in your heart about. Amen. So uh, it's in a, a lot of times help is in just addressing what he's talking to our heart about. Well, I don't know what he's talking to me about. Uh... Father, we pray for liars right now. We, uh... <laughs> I've always known. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We knew the moment we did it, the moment we said it. You do. Amen. You really don't have to go off and fast and pray for three days. You really already know it, right? You know it the day you go to fast and pray. You know it whenever you go. Whenever you go in and shut the door, you already know it. It's in your heart. You already, you, you, God's already talking to you about it. And don't compare yourself with other people. Well, they, 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 well, this is not between they and you. It's between God and you. Hallelujah. <clears throat> now, um, people are believing God for things to happen, but they're not wanting... Or, or they're, they're wanting it without the necessary change. Say the necessary change. God's offering us, when he addresses us to change on something, he's offering us something different than what we've been experiencing. Does that make any sense? Praise the Lord. The reason he deals with us to change is because he knows that even if his power dealt with this situation right now, without us making any changes, that, that we're going to get ourselves right back in that situation, right back in that problem that caused that to be that way to begin with. And listen, as you go spiritually, he'll address things that he used to not talk to you about. Well, why is the Lord bringing this up now? I mean, I've been this way my whole life. Because you weren't yeah. spiritually ready to yeah. hear it back yes, then. Sir. Now you are. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now is when it's going to start affecting you without, if, if you don't address it right now. Yes, well, it just seems like I'm in a season. He's just addressing everything. Well, well welcome to what I'm walking in right now. I mean, just. 
I know exactly what he's talking to me about right now. I know exactly. And I know exactly whenever I, I, I get convicted about it. Right? It's like, man, he didn't used to deal with me like this. Well, welcome to growing up. And besides that, a lot of these seasons where he's really addressing something, it seems like he's just addressing this, he's addressing that, he's addressing the other. It's because he's trying to get you through a door. There's things that without making some of these changes are going to hinder you getting through a door. Is this helping anybody? Amen. So he's, he's addressing these things because he knows if he ministers to the need we have without us making these changes... We're going to get ourselves right back where we were to begin with. And that's why he's showing us because he wants us to get these doors closed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once we make those changes, we'll stop hitting a wall, so to speak, where we're just not making any progress. I have gotten to the place that if I don't see progress in different areas of my life, it's like I'm uncomfortable with that. I'm not going to stay here the rest of my life. You've brought me to this point, and it's better than it was. But I don't want to stay right here. Do you? I I, I don't want to. It's not okay with me to be stuck in any area. Physically, you know, not getting a victory over something, or or financially, staying at the same place. Well, I didn't see any increase this year. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Don't just look at it and go, oh, well. Okay, sera, sera. No. It's like, Lord, what is it? Exactly. Come on. Most Christians don't approach things that way. But, but the Bible says he will increase you more and more and more. And whenever it's not working, it's not on his side. Praise the Lord. Now, this is a different kind of preaching than sometimes we're used to. But um, don't put off changes. Don't say, I'll get to that. You remember King, uh, over in the Old Testament, the Pharaoh, you know, the, all the plagues were coming and, and Moses said, or the king said, entreat God for me that uh, these frogs leave. And Moses said, when do you want me to entreat? He said, tomorrow. What's wrong with right now? Yeah, right, yeah. But he wanted to live another night with the frogs. There's a lot of Christians that are putting off, making adjustments, and it's like another night with the frogs, ribbit. Open the refrigerator to get something, ribbit. Whoop, whoop. Go to the restroom, ribbit. Whoa. Come on. Come on, Stepped on one in the nighttime, ribbit. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Another night with the frogs. Come on. Come on. When we put off things, that's what we're doing. Another night with, you know, some disease. Another night with strife in our home. Another night, whatever. God will sometimes, this is in Hezekiah 38. We're almost finished here. At least within the next hour or two. In Isaiah, Isaiah 38, God talks to us. He tells the story of Hezekiah and how God sent Isaiah, the prophet, into Hezekiah and said, set your house in order for you're going to surely die. <clears throat> Remember that story? The, the, that part is in Isaiah 38.1. You're going to surely die. Set your house in order for thou shalt surely die and not live. Sometimes God will show you things that uh, show you where you're going to end up without making certain adjustments. This was not God's will that Hezekiah die. 
Just because God said that doesn't mean he's telling him there's nothing he can do about it. Yes, yes. <clears throat> I've had situations where I saw uh, about somebody that there was going to be an accident. Well, I didn't just, <clears throat> after that time of prayer, I didn't just say, well, God showed it to me. I guess it's his will. No, it's not his will. He didn't show it to you because it's his will. He showed it to you because he wants somebody to change that. He wants somebody to pray. That's, we, we know his, his will because we know his word. And his word is that he redeemed our life from destruction. Yes, amen, amen. So those things are not revealed so that we can just know it ahead of time and get ready for the inevitable. No, it's not inevitable. He's showing us so that we can make changes and avoid the thing happening. It might not be a change like we have to adjust maybe our love walk or something like that. It might be something to just pray it out and take authority over the devil. Yes. Yes. So, um, and we've had different ones have experiences like that as well as ourselves along this line. But here's the thing. That's what God said to Hezekiah. This, under the circumstances, this is what's going to happen. You're going to die. We know it wasn't his will because uh, the Bible said he turns his face to the wall and God, if you look at the whole chapter, he repented of some things. And he, he basically, he didn't set this out here in order. He set this in order. He got some things. Now notice, but before Hezekiah, excuse me, before Isaiah got out of the courtyard, God spoke to Isaiah again and said, go back and tell him I've seen his tears. I've heard his prayer and I'm going to add to him 15 years. Well, wait a minute, God, you're confused. no. You, somebody said, God changed. No, Hezekiah changed. Yeah. Yeah. He was telling him under the circumstances, this is the way it's going to be. Yes. Yes. I've, I've had been used of God to say that to some people sometimes, and it goes over very lovingly. People love it. <laughs> not. It's not fun. Unless the person's humble. Yes, sir. But, but so I've had, and so God told him this. And so it wasn't God that changed. It was Hezekiah that changed. Now, here's a couple of things I want you to notice. Being that Isaiah barely got out of the courtyard. In other words, he's, he's out of the house, but he's not out of the, the yeah. Yeah. He, let's put it this way. He's not off the front porch. <laughs> sort of, kind of. And so he's, he's, that's how quickly you can make some of these changes. Notice it doesn't take a long time to make these changes. It's a little adjustment down in here. Yes, sir. That's number one. Number two, notice Hezekiah didn't have to try to figure out what it was that he needed to change. He knew exactly what he needed to change, and he knew it right away because Isaiah didn't even get off the front porch, so to speak. So he didn't have to seek God for three days. What are you talking about? He knew exactly what God was talking about. Yes. Come on. Praise the Lord. And I'm telling you, God, you know on the inside exactly what God's talking about. And number two, it doesn't take you long to make the adjustments. Praise the Lord. Are you getting anything out of this? When God addresses something to change, just say truth, Lord. Don't argue with it. Amen. And don't look to here. Look down into here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So when these things uh, go unaddressed, you're going to step into 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 30. When things are unaddressed, you'll step into 1 Corinthians 11, verse number 30. You'll step into there. Paul talks about there, for this cause many are weak, number one, sickly, number one, or number two, and then uh, uh, they sleep means die prematurely. That's a progression. Yes. 
Can you see that? They go from being weak and then sickly and then dying prematurely. That's a progression. When things are unaddressed, you step into the progression of things going from one degree to another degree of, of the wrong direction. Does that make any sense? Um, and really, uh, this progression is the mercy of God, giving us time to get things right. Aren't you glad that immediately, every time we just don't respond to what God's saying, that we don't immediately experience all the devil's activity? There's mercy. God's, God's keeping the enemy from just completely taking out our lives. He gives us time to get these things right. Now, don't take advantage of that and think, I've got time. That's not the right heart. Stay as far away from things as you can get from them. Keep the door closed. Stay as far away from opening the door to the devil as you can. That's smart. But this is the progression in the wrong direction. When you keep addressing things, there's a progression in the other direction. There's first the blade, yes. then the ear, yes. then the full corn in the ear. Yes. Oh, I love this side. Yeah. The other side, blah, blah, blah. We don't want to talk about that. No, we, we do want to talk about it. They want to, just don't want to live over there. We want to live over here. Live over here where there's progression from glory to glory. Making changes, going from glory to glory to glory to glory. I'm telling you, life gets better and better and better and better and better. Amen. The path of the righteous groweth brighter and brighter. Yes, Hallelujah. 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 First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Hallelujah. I preach myself happy. I preach my, are you happy? Are you glad? There is a side of this where life just gets better and better. But, but, but it's like driving a car. You don't have to, you know, swerve real hard to miss something if you're just constantly making little adjustments. Just constantly. And it's, it, I'll tell you, if I go very long and I'm not getting something in my spirit, adjust this, adjust this. I, don't, don't talk that way. And there's little things he's not. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going back to my prayer closet. I, I, I know I'm not all that in a bag of chips. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not putting myself down. I'm just simply saying, let's put it this way. Hebrews chapter number uh, 12 talks about, what is it? Verse 5, 6, 7 down through there. It talks about whom he loveth, he chasteneth. This is a flow of God's love towards me. I want to know. See, this is not condemnation. It is correction. Condemnation is putting you down saying, well, you're a failure. You're never going to make. No, that's not, that's not what God does. He will correct so that we can make adjustments and, 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 and really what we do is we get ourselves back over on the territory. I wanted to get on the love walk today. I didn't. Let's, let's just look at one scripture before we close. But we keep ourselves on the territory to where these, these blessings can reach us. Let's go to 1 John here. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. John, no, excuse me, I said first John, it's Jude. Jude. One chapter in the book of Jude, and it's verse 20 and 21. Jude 20 and 21. We're going to only read part of 21 just to make the main point. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. We know what that is, praying in tongues. 
building up yourselves in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Notice this. Keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself. Keep your. Notice that's not God doing that. That's you and I doing that. We keep ourselves in the love of God. Now, Living Bible says, stay always within the boundaries where God's love can reach and bless you. Do you get that? In other words, there's a territory where these things... Now, notice... Okay, I'll say some things in a minute, but let's just read this Woos translation. With watchful care, keep yourselves... This isn't God doing this. This is us doing this within the sphere of God's love. Amplified says, guard and keep yourselves. So there's a guarded place, a kept place, that we can keep ourselves on. Remember the Bible said, he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one touches him not. That we can keep ourselves on. We keep ourselves in this place. And this place is a place where the love of God can continually manifest itself. It's, it, it manifests to us. Amen. Amen. But if you read the whole counsel of the scriptures on this, this keeping ourselves in the place where the love of God can matter. You, you, you can't separate yourself from the love of God, but you can separate yourself from the manifestation of it. In other words, it's just not manifesting. It's not that God doesn't love us. It's that we blocked him from manifesting it. I mean, it's there, but it's blocked. We got on a territory. That keeps that from reaching us. I don't know if I had time here. But, but the point is that when we're on this territory, this, ma- this love manifests. In other words, it's, it's just a life that's just one thing happening after the other of God's blessings, God's care, God's manifesting himself. Hallelujah. I, I'm, just, I'm just experiencing this more and more. Not perfect, but I'm experiencing it more and more. I believe there's a room full of people that are experiencing it more and more. I'm trying to quit here. I, I can't find the right unhook pl- place. But this manifested love where we keep ourselves is the territory of walking in the commandment of love. We keep ourselves in the love of God. There's kind of a twofold meaning of that. We keep ourselves in the commandment of walking in love. In other words, we keep our flesh under when it doesn't want to walk in love. We, we choose to do it anyway. And that's the place of God's manifested love towards us. Keep yourselves, the the living Bible, uh, always stay within the boundaries where God's love can reach and bless you. God's love is not conditional, but we must cooperate with its manifestation. It can be hindered in its manifestation by removing ourselves from its manifestation by not walking in love. Does that come? Are you getting that? In other words, there's a safe place. A kept place where that wicked one touches us not. (laughs) Woo, glory. See, I'm getting more and more interested in this, more and more interested in this than just interested in healing or or these other blessings. I'm wanting to keep myself in this place. It's a little bit like keep yourself under the spout where the glory comes out. Hallelujah. This is love's territory. As long as you're on that territory, your faith will work because faith works by love. Your authority will work because authority works by faith and faith works by love. Are you out there? And all the blessings of God will work. The peace in your mind will work. Health in your body will work. But this is a place of watchfulness over yourself. 
Watch over yourself. Watch over your, your words. Watch over your attitude. Watch over the way you, the way you handle people. Praise the Lord. So that's what it talks about in 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one. I got to wrap this up. When it talks about judging ourselves. Judging ourselves means looking ourselves in the mirror and say, that was ugly and that was you. And you're not doing that anymore. <laughs> it's not just repenting and asking God to forgive you, although that's, that's a part of it. But it's, 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 it's quitting it. Yeah, but it's the Irish in me. Stop it. You're making excuses. Quit it. <laughs> yeah, look at yourself in the mirror. Quit it. I've done that before. Look myself in the mirror. Now stop it. Do you hear yourself? Stop it. <laughs> and me looks back at me and says, yes, sir. I said, no, that's, what I was, that's what I was wanting to hear from you. <laughs> I really have. You should see me in the bathroom sometimes. You just stop it. Look it. Are you, are you listening to you? Stop it. Adjust your attitude. Amen. Remember that old Midas commercial? They hold up a big wrench. We'll make it fit. That's what you got to do over your flesh sometimes. I'm making you do this. Stand with me to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Say it out loud. To have change, I have to make changes. And those are, those are not uh, negative things to make changes. Or are you saying that I need to make some changes? Well, what is that? That's just pride. We all need to make some changes. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Even if it's just part your hair on the other side so it looks better. You know, just make some changes. Yes, sir, I will. <laughs> no, we're, we're making light of things, but it's a serious deal, isn't it? Yes. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, this is where the blessed life really is. Yes. Amen. There's something better than divine healing. Yes. It's called divine health. Yes. Divine health. Yes. Praise God. Praise God. There's something better than getting a bailout when you get in a financial pickle. It's just living in, living in the overflow of more than enough. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you this morning for your precious word. We're grateful, Father, for the opportunity to be washed in the truth of your word. Glory to your name. Thank you, Father, for the, 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 the light that comes as we meditate in it. We thank you, Father, for the joy of feasting on it. And uh, we're not just hearers, though, Father. We're doers of what we hear. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. There were probably things while I was talking that the Spirit of God spoke to you about that I didn't even say. I know that happens in services when, when I'm sitting in services all the time. God, they are, they're talking and God says, okay, now that applies to here. And he starts talking to me about this. And when he does that, I'm like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. We call him Lord, right? That means whatever he says, we, we, we obey, we follow, we respond, we say, we agree, we don't argue. Amen. Praise the Lord. There are issues, not everybody that doesn't change things when God addresses them is in this condition, but there are issues sometimes where people don't change because of pride. They don't want to admit they're wrong or that somebody else was right. Because sometimes God will speak through 
husbands and wives to one another, you know. Absolutely. Amen. 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 And uh, pride doesn't want to receive it. You know what I'm talking about? The flesh, the fleshly nature is pride. But I'm telling you, humility will get you far down the road. Amen. Far down the road. Just, just saying truth, Lord, even when it's not complimentary. Truth, Lord, Lord, you're right. You're right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You should try it on for size. It fits real well. Amen. Well, I would have to admit that I'm wrong and your point. Right? I've had to say, say to the staff, I've had to call the staff after I left the office and say, hey, I need to talk to you. I need to get, get everybody together. I was wrong the way I addressed that. Well, you, 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 you're the leader. You're the pastor. You shouldn't have to say that. Oh, yeah, I have to say that. I got to keep this clear right down in here. Well, they'll think less of you. I don't think they do. I think they think more of us. Because they know there's times that they didn't have the guts to do that. And we all know we've all had times we didn't have the, the guts. You know what I mean? Guts to do it. But I'm telling you, it'll keep you safe. I had, I had the Lord address me one time. I said some things right here from this pulpit. That after the service, he dealt with me. He said, now the next time you get in the pulpit, you get up and you repent and apologize to the whole congregation for the way you said that. He said, if you don't, and he told me what was going to happen. Boy, I, I was trying to speed up the day until the service came. You know what I'm talking about? Can we, can we do it tonight, Lord? Can we call a church meeting tonight? Because I need to get that right. It's just better to stay on this territory. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what better time to receive communion after making some of these adjustments? You can be seated. We're going to uh, serve the communion elements there in Kansas City. The ushers are there. They have the elements there, and they're going to serve you. The way we do communion is we sing a song while the ushers are handing out the uh, elements, and we all get the elements, and we hold them until we can all eat the elements together and drink the cup together. So there in Kansas City, if you would just uh, receive the elements uh, from the ushers, then just hold them. We will all receive the elements together. And you might say, well, who's invited to join us in communion? It's anybody that's a part of the body of Christ, washed by the blood, even though they're not a part of our congregations or just a visitor. If you know you're a child of God, born again, washed in the blood, we invite you to receive the communion elements with us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's sing as we uh, serve the elements.
Praise God. Say it again. Thank God for the blood. Aren't you glad there's mercy for the times we've missed it? Aren't you glad there's, there's cleansing and God treating us as if it never happened? <laughs> Thank God. Praise God. That's the greatest need of all of us as human beings is just to be forgiven, to be cleansed. Thank God. Let's stand to our feet. We take the bread and take the cup and and uh, pray over them and then we partake of them. Father, we're thankful for the, the, br the uh, broken body of Jesus that this bread represents. It represents what he did and his body was broken for our bodies to be mended, our bodies to be healed. We're grateful for that knowledge and that covenant. Jesus, thank you for taking our sicknesses so and that our bodies could be mended and restored to health. We take this bread and we break it and we eat it in remembrance of that and we receive healing into our bodies. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, also for the blood that you shed. Whenever you drank it with your disciples, the, the, the wine representing your blood at the Last Supper, you said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Thank you for the covenant. The rights and privileges we have because of this shed blood of Jesus Christ. We take it. We thank you for the remission of all our sin. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Lift your hands if you would and just thank him for it. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the cleansing. 
Hallelujah. Thank you for new beginnings. Thank you, Father, for the chance to make changes. Hallelujah. Thank you for your mercy and your grace and your kindness. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. Did you get anything out of the word this morning? <clears throat> this is, uh, you know, not, not the kind of, it's a different flow for a service. We don't have to have this kind of preaching every Sunday. Amen. But yet right on the other hand, this is good for us. Amen. I've, I've learned that every issue in life, it has a key, it has a, it has a main issue. In other words, if there's something that's not working right in my life, there's usually one main, sometimes two main issues that if I'll address that, the whole thing starts working again. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's why James 1 talks about in the context of praying the prayer of faith there in the first few verses, it says, anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God. In other words, God will show you what the main issue is to apply your faith more specifically. Remember the garden hose I talk about? You get it out of the gar- you get it out of the garage, and it seems to be all tangled up. But usually, there's one or two things that if you just pull it out, the whole thing just sort of unravels. And that's the way so many things are. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Somebody said, "What's the main issue?" That's between you and God. You got to work that out between you and God. But I'm telling you, He's faithful to show us. Oh yes, He is. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that He helps us to see it because He's merciful to us. Amen. Praise God. Lift both hands and give him a shout this morning. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We're grateful to you. Thank you, Father, for the great privilege of walking in the light of your word and walking in this kept place, this place of safety, this place of protection. Hallelujah. Miss Alexis, would you come? Did she, did she go? Did she leave somewhere? Is she, already, uh, is she available to come back in? Is she gone? I just had a prompting. She, she'll be back. How many of you think we ought to lay hands on her before she goes? <laughs> Amen. Just came up in my spirit. Amen. Maybe she's available. Hopefully we'll see here. But uh, thank God for the word. If you got anything out of the word this morning, say, I got something this morning. Thank you, Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, from now on, you're going to have a new improved neighbor. <laughs> yeah, praise God. Praise God. We're going to keep on walking in the light, right? Praise God. Praise the Lord. Maybe she's gone. Did she already leave? She's coming. Okay. All right. Thank you. Look at her. She's actually walking. She's almost running. Look at that. Reach out your hand toward her. I know that baby's got to come this week, right? Reach out your hand toward her. Ann, would you come, Miss Ann? Father, we're so grateful for your faithfulness. Thank you for the miracle you've already done in little Uriah's life and in Noah and Alexis' life. We're thankful, Father. We lay hands on her and set ourselves in agreement for what she's believing for, for an easy delivery without complications. We thank you, Father, for the hands of the doctors that they're guided by the Holy Spirit, but also the hands of angels that are set on the hands of the doctors. And we thank you for the right doctors the right people, and we thank you, Father, for a a swift delivery in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for complete health for mom and baby, and we thank you for peace in Noah's heart and mind in Jesus' name. Lord, all our care are cast on you, and you've got this. You've got this in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for the anointing 
to equip uh, Alexis in this time. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Noah, you were back there. You got, you got what you needed too, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Sometimes the dads need as much as the moms, you know. <laughs> Praise God. In the Old Testament, the, uh, at the time whenever the Egyptians were scared of the Israelites multiplying too quick, they were trying to destroy babies. You know, that's so demonic. That's happening today. But anyway, the, the, the midwives weren't getting there in time, and Pharaoh got upset, and the midwives said, well, these Hebrews are different. They have babies quick, you know. <laughs> you ever read that? That's in your Bible. So we're believing for quick and easy flow right here. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are the people of God, and we are going from glory to glory. In Jesus' name.